Hello, and welcome to Eyes Free Fitness Podcast 27. I can't believe we are already at 27. Many thanks to those of you who've listened from the very beginning and those who are joining us more recently. We have lots to tell you about today, lots to bring to you. So let me start first with a few announcements. The first one is that Mel and I will be exhibiting at the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind Convention. That takes place in Harrisburg, October 15th through 18th. And if you are there, I certainly hope you'll stop by and see us. We have lots of exciting things to show you. We have our workouts. We have the back tea pack. We also have a few things that are relatively new, and you'll see those first at the convention. So please do join us. If you're in Pennsylvania and you're not going to PCB, maybe you're going to NFB of PA, and we will be there as well in November and we'll have more information for you as that time gets closer. I'd also like to let you know that after much time and some obstacles and some detours and some interesting paths, that our Pilates chair with ring workout is now available. You can now download the workout, and you can either find your own Pilates ring, or you can get one from us. The ring is about 15 inches in diameter, and it has a foam handle, one on each side, that you use to guide and position your work. And basically, the ring provides resistance when you either push it together, push the two sides together, when you push out, when you push the ring against your body, all different exciting kinds of things. I would encourage you to check our website where we will have links to all things Pilates for you to read and learn about all of that. We also have a Let's Eat segment where Peggy discusses a food that is a favorite of many this time of year. But before that, I have the pleasure of speaking to someone whom many of you know and I think you will very much enjoy hearing from. I am very pleased to be here today talking with Mike Malarcy. Mike is a retired Air Force staff sergeant and has many interesting things to share with us. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I first heard and learned about you on Twitter, I think, and I have since seen information that you've put up or comments that you've made about uh, your home fitness setup, and that kind of intrigued me. But let's back up a little bit, you lost your sight while in active duty, is that correct? Yeah. Um, to make a long story short, I joined the Air Force and essentially had a job where I called in airstrikes from the front lines. So I was embedded with an Army unit 
at, yeah, down in Afghanistan in January of 2010, and our foot patrol walked into an ambush. And in the first IED uh, that hit our patrol, it basically hit me square in the face, destroyed my oh. left eye completely, tore the retina on the right, and then among a host of other less serious injuries, basically took me out of the fight. And kind of the next thing that I knew, I was waking up in the hospital to a doctor telling me I was never going to see again. And, you know, kind of sitting there thinking, well, that's unfortunate, but life goes on. And, you know, I lost four of the guys that uh, I had served with at the same same time. So I was kind of like, okay, I got to get out of this bed. I got to get on with my life and kind of, uh, you know, turn things into tribute to them. I'm not going to let this change me as much as possible. And you know, I'm going to do my best with however this turns out. Because I didn't know anything about blindness. I didn't know any blind people before I lost my sight. So I got kind of thrust into this world that I didn't know anything about. That always amazes me. I've asked people who lost their sight just out of curiosity, uh, you know, did you ever know any blind people? And they all seem to say no. And that just boggles my mind because I feel like we're kind of everywhere, you know, and uh, not not so much, I guess. Or people might know someone who's blind but or have seen someone in passing, but the image that they have is sort of pathetic. Um, yeah, is- it really is. And I, I think I saw maybe two blind people my whole mm-hmm. life and the area I grew up wouldn't have been that great for a blind person but I do remember seeing some like, in Albuquerque walking mm-hmm. around downtown I'm like wow well, there goes it's a blind guy that's interesting but yeah it was just that was the only time yeah now I'm assuming here which I think is a correct assumption that when you were in the military that fitness was a very important thing did that seem was that the case after you lost your sight? Did you did you feel like there were ways that you could stay fit or did you just kind of figure, oh well that ship has sailed? Fitness has always been a really important thing to me. And I've never been uh Paralympic material, but I've always been at least kind of good at the things that I've done. And so yeah, and and then the job I was in, it was kind of paramount to that because it was a very very physically demanding job, and the reality is, is you won't make it if you're not in really good shape. And so finding myself now all of a sudden blind, I don't want to I don't want to lose that. And like I said, I didn't know anything about blindness. And part of my initial recovery, they would put me in, you know, use a little hand cycle and some kind of really simple things at first, just until I could, you know, kind of walk around on my own. But by the third week, uh, they have a rock climbing wall in Walter Reed. And by the third week, I had to you know, throw my feeding tube over my shoulder and I was climbing up this wall. And I mean, just up and down, up and down. Everybody was like, what is this guy doing? And for me, it was just that that release again. And I kind of didn't even realize how important it was to have, you know, because for, for me, exercising is a release from stress and just, you know, whatever kind of negative emotions and feelings that I have, I work out and that stuff goes away. And so dealing with this experience, losing my vision and having that, that, that opportunity to kind of do something that I didn't know would still be possible was, uh, that was when I kind of learned like, you know what, I don't know anything about this. And so I'm just going to go forward with my life and try everything because I don't know what I can do now. And, uh, you know, it's been a great learning experience and some things have gone really well. Others, maybe not so much, but uh, it's helped me up and kind of grow as a person. So yeah, fitness is still hugely important in my life, and and uh, I try to do it all the, every day. Yeah. Now, 
Are you primarily a gym person? Are you a workout at home person? I've gone through phases. Mm -hmm. We lived in Texas for a while and we were fortunate because a nearby friend of ours who was the military owned a CrossFit gym. So like, okay, that's kind of similar to what I used to do. So I'll just do that. So I started doing CrossFit at a, at a legitimate gym down in San Antonio. Did that for about eight months or so. And then we moved. So the next place we moved to, there was no gym. Well, there wasn't a regular sort of a gym. There was a YMCA, which I didn't know anything about because I'd never lived near one. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, let's just go in here and kind of see. So I end up in there and they have all these different classes, kettlebell classes and you know yoga and things that I've never done before. Um, but then they have just a regular kind of a weight room. And for me, I was like, you know, I'd done that many times. So I said, I can do this. Why not? It turned out to be a lot more work than it was worth for me trying to navigate this environment on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are moving weights and things are, people know kind of how a weight room is. It can be unsafe. And I, I don't know, trying to navigate that by myself, it ended up being more work than it was really worth. And so I ended up joining a course that they offer there. It was kind of similar to CrossFit. It was a lot of body weight stuff and just some more, I guess, unusual sort of techniques. And then we moved again and we're in Salt Lake City now in Utah Started a CrossFit gym and then they closed. And so I decided at that point, you know, maybe it's time to make a home gym. Like I've been thinking about doing forever. Uh, I'd always wanted to. And and kind of in between all these gyms, I did a couple of half marathons. I did a lot of running on and off. Uh, it's something I kind of don't love so much. Mm-hmm. But during the times when there wasn't that nearby gym, I said, well, this is a good opportunity, a good way for me to stay in shape. So I'll s- sign up for this race and that'll make me train because I want to do good. So... Yeah, we got here to Utah and everything, you know, the gym closed down and I talked with my wife. I said, look, we've been talking about making our own gym. We'd slowly been accumulating dumbbells and weights and ab mats and things just over the years here and there. And finally, after this, I said, let's just do it. Let's, you know, we've been saving up the money. We have the space for it, which is kind of hugely important. And so we went out and did it. And now we have the beginning, the very humble beginnings of actually a really decent gym. We have everything for kind of regular weightlifting. We have a whole range of dumbbells and kettlebells from 15 pounds up to 72, everything for squats and bench press and all the different Olympic lifts. Um, and then, of course, I do a CrossFit. So there's a pull-up bar and a, a plyometric box and a rowing machine. So it, I, and it's been really interesting because now that we got this set up that you can do CrossFit every day in, I find myself not doing that every day anymore. I'll go in there and I will just lift weights with the you know with the goal of just putting on muscle and I find myself online all the time looking at different resources and just finding different things to keep it all interesting because that's maybe one of the downsides is uh, to working out at your house is that you're alone and you're the only thing that's there to motivate you which can be a challenge at times and to keep it interesting the kind of person that I am I have to just change it up like every week almost I have to have some different style of workout some new thing to do and it's been it's been interesting it's been hard to keep myself motivated to be honest because there's days when I you know I tell myself well I sh- I really should go work out right now but you know I there's this whatever this thing is going on there's this football game that I kind of want to watch so there's been a really good balancing act but because we have this thing now my wife has actually gotten kind of obsessed with it 
And so the mornings, she'll wake me up in the morning and drag me out of bed. And the first thing, drag me right down to that gym. She's like, okay, what are we going to do today? And so that's been awesome because that was something that as a couple, we never really did. We never did. We never got to work out together very much because we've got little kids and you know, mm-hmm. life yeah. is crazy. But this now gives us the opportunity to do that. So it's been, it's been, it's been great. That's fantastic. I find that variety is a really hard thing sometimes to achieve. I basically have what would be considered, I guess, like a um, an apartment. And I have two rooms. Um, it's actually the bottom half of a house, but it's uh, two large rooms and, and the bathroom. And so I have... Um, a rebounder and I have a, um, a gazelle, which is kind of like a, uh, it's sort of like a cross between an elliptical and a skier kind of thing. Um, and then I just walk, you know, sometimes in place, but I, I know that if I could see, I would probably really enjoy volleyball or tennis or biking, or even if I lived in a more urban area, uh, I've gotten to play goalball, and I loved that. You know, couldn't move on day two, but yeah, loved yeah. it. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, and that's why part of why we have different kinds of workouts so that you can have some variety, but that's that can be difficult. Um, do you find that you have any other challenges that are associated specifically with uh, sight loss and with trying to maintain a healthy life? I definitely. Uh, it's been, I mean, is science and medicine continues to progress. You know, there's always new types of uh, exercises coming out, movements, like there's always this new stuff to try. And, and I've always been kind of interested in that, you know, like when we talked about variety and that's something that I kind of thrive off of. Mm-hmm. So that was actually kind of an interesting thing to learn was how to take instruction. So I used to be, and you know, I used to be a really visual learner. I had to see something, I had to touch it and I didn't do it to, to really get a grip of something like a, like an exercise movement. And so taking my vision away now, when, when I started CrossFit, I wasn't very good at Olympic lifting. I hadn't done it since high school and I avoided it because I didn't really know how to do it. And it took, a while. It took a long time before I felt like I was comfortable with those movements because I can't see what you're doing. I can hear you explain that, but it kind of only helps me so much. And then I'm doing it. And then in a place like a CrossFit gym where there can sometimes tend to be a lot going on, I'm as I'm doing the movement, I'm wondering if I'm actually doing this properly. Am I gonna am I about to hurt myself because I don't know what I'm doing? For me, that's been one big challenge is just having that. I guess that confidence, because most gyms have mirrors everywhere, so you can see your form, you can see how everything is going, and sometimes for me now, and maybe this is just specific to me, maybe I should be more in tune with my body, I don't know, but sometimes I, just, I, I find myself wondering how my form is looking, and I, I you know, I, I, a lot of times will call my wife, like, hey, look at me do this thing, is this, does this look right to you, because it kind of feels weird for some reason. See, your aspirations are more lofty than mine, because <laughs> when I did go to a gym, I wasn't really thinking about my form. I was thinking more like, oh, are people looking at me? Do I look <laughs> weird? You know, like, or I'd, yeah. I'd love when you're you're navigating, trying to get somewhere and being very aware of everything that's around you. 
and you walk by somebody who's lifting weights and they're like a foot away from you and they go, oh, you know, they grunt and I, I jump uh, and it was like, I really don't like this very much. Yeah, but sometimes just the regular <laughs> gyms can, I I guarantee that it's, if you work out at a regular gym, it's, you're going to have stories before oh. long. Like things are just going to happen that are out of your control and yes. you're going to yeah. end up with some... I felt like yeah. I was the story, and that was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I, and that that can make it hard to be productive and have an effective workout when you're so worried about kind of all these other things and having distractions everywhere. Yeah, and plus, like, if you're dealing with hair and makeup, going to the gym isn't just a side trip. It's a whole day. And oh, yeah. I know that there are people who really love going to the gym, and they love the camaraderie. Um, I'm more the kind of person where... You know, comedians have said it, but I really think there's a grain of truth in it. I try to get my workout in pretty soon after I wake up because by the time I'm fully awake and realizing what I'm doing, I'm halfway to being done. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it works for me, but I think it's really good that we have a variety of people and preferences and experiences. I'm sure that there are some people who are listening to this who are saying, you know, I could never do what he's doing. That sounds way too hard. But you know what? Everybody starts somewhere. The important thing, I think, is not so much what you're doing, you know, but that you're doing. And um, I actually listened to a 60 Minutes interview that they just did with the founder of the CrossFit movement. I didn't really know much about it. I wanted to learn more, uh, especially in advance of talking to you, because uh, I had seen some references to CrossFit. So they basically asked him, isn't CrossFit detrimental to you? Can't you hurt yourself? And he said, well, if you sit in a chair, you're going to hurt yourself too. You're just going to do it later and in a more dramatic way. And I think what he was saying is really that there is not gain without effort and without some risk. And I've really enjoyed the chance to talk to you and hear about your efforts, which are obviously paying off and helping you move forward. If our listeners would like to reach you, is there a, uh, a place that they can do that? Maybe one or two places that are better? Absolutely. Um, Twitter and Facebook at Mike Malarcy on Twitter and facebook.com slash Mike Malarcy. And just real quick to kind of piggyback off of what you said, you just getting out there and trying, you know, exercising. Fitness is something that there is something for everyone. And that really is the beauty of it, whether it's taking a walk or running marathons. You know, there's a level for everybody and it just it makes you feel great. And, you know, but the CrossFit thing, a lot of people, CrossFit has a lot of haters for some reason. And, yeah, people do get hurt, but people get hurt doing everything, walking across the street. People so get think, hurt lifting their kids if they're not exactly. in good shape, you know? Yeah. To to maybe to be scared to try something because you might get hurt. You know, I I almost died six years ago. 
And I told myself, I'm not going to miss any opportunity unless it's dumb. You know, I'm not going to miss any opportunity that comes my way. And having that attitude, just like, hey, you know, I've heard things about this, but I'm going to try this anyway and we'll see how it goes. It's opened up so many doors for me and, and really changed me as a person. So I think that's one thing when it comes to fitness, have an open mind and just try it. Don't always believe what you read online. Go experience it for yourself and make up your own mind. Thanks so much for talking to us. Again, you can find Mike's contact info in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat, y'all. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. You ready to eat? Let's eat! Let's eat! Hello, my name is Peggy, and today I want to talk about cooking something that many avoid because they find it intimidating. What we're going to work on today is spaghetti squash. There are a few things I'd like to say about spaghetti squash before we get started with it. First of all, it doesn't have to be intimidating. And second of all, it does not taste like spaghetti. One of the things that annoys me is when diet websites and books try to say use spaghetti squash as a substitute for spaghetti because I think that leads people to a great deal of disappointment. In my personal opinion, it does not taste like spaghetti. However, it is a good tasting vegetable and it can be cooked and used in ways that are flavorful and interesting. The only spaghetti related Thing that I would recommend doing with spaghetti squash would be if you cooked half of a box of pasta and then cooked a spaghetti squash and mixed them together and then put spaghetti sauce on it. That I could probably do because you do at least have spaghetti in the mix and it would just taste like vegetable spaghetti. But I think that spaghetti squash comes out nice and tasty when done in other ways. Now let's talk a little bit about cooking spaghetti squash. You can bake it in the oven, which takes close to an hour. And I suppose you probably could boil it, although I've never tried that. And you can cook it in a crock pot. My preferred way of doing it is to cook it in a microwave. It's very easy and takes a very short amount of time, about eight minutes. So here's how you cook a spaghetti squash in the microwave. I have a spaghetti squash here. And I am going to poke holes in it. It's a whole spaghetti squash. This one weighs about two pounds. If you're not familiar with what spaghetti squash looks like in the store, it's shaped a bit like a football. And they range between two and five pounds usually. And I'm going to take mine and poke holes in it like you would a baked potato. When you microwave a baked potato, you know you want to put holes in it so that it doesn't explode in your microwave. So I just have a sharp knife and I'm poking holes in this spaghetti squash. Now I'm going to put the spaghetti squash on a paper towel right on the turntable of the microwave. I don't need to put it on a plate or anything. I'm just going to set it on the turntable on a paper towel and I'm going to cook it for four minutes.
when the spaghetti squash is done cooking for this four minutes, I will turn it over and give it four more minutes. And then I will leave it on a plate to cool for 10 or 15 minutes until it cools down. Then when I go to cut the squash open, it's easy to cut because it's already cooked. And then I will scoop out the seeds. And then I will scoop out the strands of spaghetti-like squash that gives this squash its name. I'm not going to put pasta sauce over my spaghetti squash. I am going to use a couple of tablespoons of butter or margarine and some minced garlic and about a half a cup of Parmesan cheese and mix that up and it will make a nice sauce for the spaghetti squash and it will taste like squash not like spaghetti. I will probably add a little bit of basil and oregano but you could add whatever spices work for your flavor palette and it's a good side dish to have with salmon or fish or you could turn it into a vegetarian meal by adding beans of some kind and maybe tomatoes so you can do a lot of things it's a very versatile vegetable but I will come back when we have the squash halfway cooked and then I'll tell you about turning it over okay my spaghetti squash has finished its first four minutes of cooking so now I'm going to just turn it over I have it laying on its side basically so I just need to roll it over so that what part had been laying on the paper towel is now facing up. And that's what I'm going to do here. The squash is hot, so you probably need to use a pot holder. Unless your stem is big enough that you can grab it for that. But I recommend getting a pot holder. And I'm going to give it another four minutes. So the spaghetti squash has cooked and it has cooled off. And I have scooped the pulp out of the squash and mixed in, as I said earlier, Parmesan cheese, garlic, um, butter. And it makes a nice creamy sauce for this squash. You could also use pesto if you like pesto. That would make a good topping along with some Parmesan cheese for this squash. So spaghetti squash is a very versatile squash and you can use it as a side dish or turn it into a main meal. It does make a good casserole. Almost anything you can think of to put in a casserole would work. And as I said at the beginning, mixing it with actual pasta would be one of the best options if you really want to make a main dish meal out of it. So that's how spaghetti squash is cooked. And I will say, in closing, that you can use this method to cook any winter squash. If you like butternut squash or acorn squash, they can both be cooked in the same way in the microwave. And you just wait for them to cool and cut it open and scoop the seeds out. And then you have your butternut or your acorn squash ready to eat. In the case of acorn, you could even, um, once you've cut it open, you know, put some you know, maple syrup or brown sugar and some spices in it and put it back in the microwave with a little bit of butter 
and heat it through and serve it as baked squash still on the shell. So I hope you've enjoyed this demonstration of how to cook spaghetti squash. We'd love to hear what you do with your spaghetti squash. You can contact us on the Blind Alive community or on Twitter. So I thank you for listening today. Do you have dreams of getting fit and healthy only to have them shattered? Blind Alive is here to help. We offer competitively priced, eyes-free workouts with complete descriptions designed for you, whatever your level of health or fitness. You can download or purchase CDs, and if you have any trouble, support is just a click or call away. Check us out today at www.blindalive.com. And if you like what you find, be sure to tell your friends. Don't just live, be alive. Thank you so much for joining us for Podcast 27. We have some exciting things planned for the near future, and we hope that you will join us for all of those. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. You're welcome to contact us via email, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and it's pretty easy, for the most part, on various social media platforms. You can follow us by just typing in Blind Alive, all one word. And for email, you can write to support at blindalive.com. Thanks very much for listening, and good health to you.